if you are listening to this podcast, then you respect, love, and appreciate masculine presenting individuals. I am a masculine presenting individual, and I will continue to normalize the presence, beauty, and wholeness of who I am and people like me. So let's get into the show, Upright with Eve. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review. And of course, don't forget to follow us on social media, on your Twitter and your Instagram at Upright with Eve. Get ready for some healing and some laughter. That's going to always be straight up right. Good people, good people. What's going on with y'all? I'm so, so, so happy to be back chopping it up with y'all. Um, how was y'all weekend? Like, what y'all been getting into? Today is Sunday, actually going into Monday, and I'm going to give y'all the exact time. It is 1.13 where I am, 1.13 a.m. Um, I actually just finished watching Spike Lee's Netflix um, movie called The Five Bloods, Rest in Peace, Chadwick Boseman. It was an amazing movie. Like, it was some moments where I cried. It's a long movie, but it is worth it. Shouts out, as always, to Spike Lee. He has continued to not only document the things that we go through, our mental state, um, our struggles, but to this day, he gives us a platform so that we're able to heal through what we are going through. Um, if y'all haven't checked it out, please check it out. To all the Vietnam vets, um, my dad especially, I send love to you, understanding and compassion. Love, love, love the movie. Um, it gave a lot of really amazing perspectives. Um, again, Spike, we love you. We appreciate 40 Acres and a Mule Fume Works. Anybody that knows me knows I'm a huge Spike Lee fume fanatic. If y'all haven't checked out classic movies like Crooklyn and Do the Right Thing, do yourself a favor and get you some of those. Um, I decided to make this episode about body image. I'm going to have some funny episodes. I'm going to have some healing episodes. And we're going to continue to be in this shit together. Um as a masculine presenting individual, it has not always been easy to accept my body. I mean, I, I remember being as young as six, um, feeling like I was in two bodies at one time, like sort of like dual gendered, if you will. It's so funny because I was absolutely aware that I was different from... The other girls that I played with, like my female girl cousins, best friends. Um, I mean, as young as when we were playing house, I always wanted to be the dad. And none of my friends thought that that was strange. Like, it was almost like they accepted me being the one that was telling everybody else what to do. I was always helping 
the girls up the stairs with their bikes or helping them carry stuff. Like, it was like, Eve, come here. Can you pick this up for me? Or can you pull this? Or can you push this? Like, I was the go-to because there wasn't a lot of boys on our block. Like, most of the boys played with the boys. Most of the girls played with the girls. And I was like the girl that was opposite of all the other girls, but was still in like an Oshkosh jumper that was striped red and purple. Like, but everybody treated me as if I was me, as opposed to one of the other little girls. Like they actually noticed that I was absolutely different. Do y'all remember being young in the summertime and like school was out and you would actually get put out of the house. Like you would get put out of the house all day. You could only come in when you had to pee. Um, And of course, like girls have to pee. They have to go to the restroom. But if like the boys have to pee, they can go and pee on the tree. So like I grew up in Petworth, Northwest DC, and it was very, very culture, very traditional, but black culture. It wasn't super poverty stricken. Um, and I remember the first time I saw my cousin, uh, pee outside and he was pissing in the corner of the backyard. And I was just like, oh my gosh, like it literally was like singing a new found freedom. I think this also happened, um, around the age of six and it changed everything for me because, not only did I see something that piqued my curiosity, I wanted to know what part of him made it free for him to pee outside. Like, literally, like, oh my gosh, like, y'all have no, y'all have no idea. So I would literally be like, oh my gosh, like, I'm going to go outside and pee, you know, like... (laughs) And my family started to think that it was so strange. Like, why does she keep saying she's going to go outside and pee? Of course, they wouldn't let me go outside. But when I would get up to go pee, I would be like, I'm going outside to pee. I'll be right back. Imagine your six-year-old, like, for the people that have daughters. Imagine your six-year-old daughter saying, I'm going to go outside to pee really quick. I'll be right back. Like, completely naive, like, precious, naive, gentle mind of a child. Um, not even being exposed to sex, not even being exposed to body parts at that point. Um, I literally tried to straddle and pee standing up over so many toilets when I was at my auntie house, when I was at my grandmother house, like everybody, like, oh my God, the shit is crazy. Like when I think about it, my little bony ass was like straddle walking over the toilet to pee standing up. Because I just thought that's what the fuck it was. I didn't really see a difference. Um, I didn't really have cousins or siblings that I was taking baths with or nothing like that. Like, my cousin uh, is 10 years older than me. And then my brother is 8 years older than me. So, like, my bath time was my bath time. And, like, their bath times was their bath times as far as being kids. You know how, like, some cousins, like, they bathe together and shit like that. Some siblings bathe together. I didn't have a sibling that was close in age with me. So I never was exposed to seeing, like, a boy's choo-choo train and being able to identify that there was a difference. When I actually realized that 
boys had different body parts than girls. Um, I remember my older cousin um, was riding his bike and he rode it down the stairs. I never forget this shit. He rode it down the stairs and the bottom step popped the back bike wheel up. And when he hopped off, he was holding his nuts. And I remember him saying, oh, my gosh, my nuts. And I literally was like, I'm going to go home and ask my grandmother what that is. Like, what is that? So I get home. Um, and this this particular cousin actually lived um, adjacent across the street from where my grandmom lived. And it was actually a play cousin that I was really close to. And it was her boy cousin who had came over. And literally, I'm at home. And I'm at the table, well, I'm at the counter in my grandmother's kitchen. And I said, Grandma, what is nuts? And she said, like peanuts? Like peanuts like that you eat? And I said, no. If a boy holds right here and they say, oh, my nuts. I said, what is that? Right? And I've always been very, very articulate to be able to repeat something and reenact something. And she was like, well, baby, boys and girls have different private parts. She said, we don't have what boys have. And that's all she had to say, bro. That's all she had to say. Like, I believe from that exact moment, I was waiting for my nuts to grow in so that it could make me a boy. Like, I became so fixated on getting my just due. Like, I was ready to fight a fucking squirrel for a pair of nuts. Like, it was nothing you could tell me. So between playing the dad um when when I played house with the girls in my neighborhood to carrying their bikes up the stairs to helping them up when they fell all of that shit actually started to form an image of myself that made me feel like me at a very young age I didn't feel like I fit on either side with the girls or with the boys I felt like I could blend in and that I was basically in a a section of my own. And I still I still do feel like that as an adult. I feel that there are so many different parts of me that I accept and that I've lived inside of for so long that I'm in a section of my own. And I find a lot of peace in that. And I find a lot of honesty and a lot of passion and compassion in that, especially when it comes to my mental health, um, being able to recount being that young and being that much of an individual to be present that I did not want to be the fucking mom, that I wanted to be the dad. Um, and I wanted for the girlfriends that I did have as a little kid to make my mud plate pie for me. When we played house outside, those were roles that were already being uh, developed and I was already fully aware of at that time. The biggest thing that I enjoyed about my body when I was that young was having dark knees because a lot of of the boys had dark knees. And any time that I would be on my knees um, on the carpet in the kitchen, on the tile, I would always hear, get off your knees, you're going to turn your knees black. And, of course, the boys in the neighborhood, they were always on their knees. They were outside in the grass and the dirt, you know, 
literally that is something that I saw. And I remember being very proud to have dark knees. It was something that was so constant that my my mom and my grandma, they just stopped saying it because they began to embrace that she's different. You know, when I stopped wanting to wear the dresses, when I started to pull out all my barrettes and my bobos in the car before school, it's like my mom would load me into the car and I would have a hair full of barrettes and a hair full of bobos. And then by the time we got to school, they would be all over the back seat, um, taking out my earrings. Like, oh my gosh, the list goes on. I was very aware of my physical appearance. I find that a lot of people look at body image as our body parts and how those things show up under the surface of our garments. But as a child, my body image was how I compared up against the opposite gender. I remember being very persistent in what I wanted to wear, what I wasn't going to wear. And that was absolutely through primary school. Um, I did not fluctuate back and forth. I wasn't in a family that made me, you know, wear the girly stuff. I wasn't under a parent um, and grandparents that made me sort of do things or wear things that I didn't want. They were very respectful of me being different. Um, And I'm always grateful for that. They were also very respectful of how I showed up as an individual. And that was something that, as a kid, you know, who is figuring shit out, is very, very helpful and also very therapeutic. I do, however, remember, um, as I grew older, I went through primary school, junior high school came around. I had puberty at about 13, um, and my mom, when I was younger, was very flat-chested, and it was something that affected her self-esteem. There were many of days that she prayed for me not to be flat-chested. It's like she was praying for my titty reveal in one room, and I was just praying like, God, please don't drop no titties off at this house. Just you skipped over us with the generation before me. Please don't surprise us and and drop none off here. Like I did not want them. I didn't understand the purpose of breasts. Um, and today, while I understand that babies need to be fed, I still think like, you know, God, like, you know, I was different from the beginning. You could have skipped over me. You could have definitely skipped over me and just made me like no nipples or anything. Just like like a Ken doll, like no nipple, just pectoral muscle. And I could just leave it at that. Um, Like y'all think I'm joking, but she was praying for one thing and I was praying for the other. When I did actually bloom, I remember her being so happy. She was like, oh, Lord, thank God you don't have to go through what I went through. And. I'm just thinking to myself, like, have you not been fucking paying attention? I don't want these. To this day, I still struggle with accepting the upper part of my body. I do not like having breasts. Am I grateful to to have a fully functioning body? Am I grateful not to have anything that allows for me to have to have them removed? Yes, absolutely 100,000% grateful, but I still struggle with accepting a part of me that does not feel like me. 
And that's like on some real shit. At the full height of my puberty, um, I started to pick up more of my dad's side, uh, more heavier weight, a more midsection conscience weight gain. Um, I started getting chubby. I started getting fat. I started getting like darker neck. Um, a lot of different things started happening with my body during puberty, like a lot of different things. And I remember when I started to feel like, oh my gosh, like I'm ugly. I have fucking acne. I look like a pepperoni pizza. Like it was so many different things. I went from being fully comfortable growing up, knowing that I was different to absolutely hating seeing who I was when I looked in the mirror. And even saying that shit out loud now, it's so crazy because everybody around me appreciated me so much. And I would outrightly talk about how much I did not like myself, how much I did not think that I was beautiful. Like I would pick apart myself so much and no one ever pulled me aside to say, hey, like, you are beautiful. You are worthy. You are you are all of these things. So the more and more I thought about that shit, the more and more it grew, you know, and I grew older with those images and they just began to amplify. I feel like what made me angry at feeling alone when I really started to dislike my body as a whole was my mom was fit. Um... My mom was strong. She was an athlete. She ran every day. She worked out every day. And it was almost like nobody fucking saw that I was ballooning. Like, I was fucking ballooning. It was literally like nobody fucking noticed that, like, Eve has a weight problem. I was I was overweight. I was sweaty. I was irritated. It was so many fucking things that were not being addressed. Like, my mom was healthy and all of this shit. And I used to be like what the fuck is going on with me that she won't, like, help me? Like, what the fuck is wrong with me that she won't help me get a better diet? Like, she was eating, you know, like, fucking rabbit portions of food while she would buy me honey buns and hot pockets and Hillshire farm shit, like, completely separated from, I am having a fucking, not only body crisis but I'm also going through puberty and nobody's fucking talking to me about this shit nobody's telling me that I'm not ugly that I'm not sloppy that this is something that teenagers all teenagers go through puberty I never fucking understood that so the traumatic things that I was thinking about myself was like yo like you have an eating problem you're fucking gross oh my gosh like to think about that shit now It's almost like I extend love and I extend a hug to my teenage self because I was not being educated on what I was going through. You know what I'm saying? Like my mom was trying to buy shit like proactive at the height of my fucking puberty. Like this is puberty. This is not young adult acne. Like I am struggling with shit and I really do feel like a lot of it was because of the things that I was consuming. So when I actually felt like I was fat and I was overweight, I started to feed what I thought and feed what I felt. I was a huge emotional eater. Um, And even with that, like, I would sit on the fucking sofa, 13, 14, and eat a whole fucking box of honey buns, um, 
Stouffer's macaroni and cheese, like it was, it was really bad. And I find that while now I can tell myself that none of those things were my fault, back in those moments, a lot of seeds were planted that were watered with no one communicating with me. It was almost like every single time my mom would let me eat a five-piece chicken with fries, it was just like, okay, you're not eating this, but I'm eating this. Or you're not regulating the shit that I'm eating, but you don't eat this shit. Oh my gosh, like, the shit makes me emotional because I do find that I started to believe that not only was the way that I looked my fault, but that me not knowing how to get myself out of that was my fault too. And I was a child. Like, if anybody is listening to this shit right now and you're actually able to relate to this, I am here to tell you that you were a child when you were chubby, you know, when you were eating beyond taste. I used to eat past what I could even taste. Like, It wasn't your fault that you had fucked up acne. It wasn't your fault that your clothes were big. It wasn't your fault that you had to get custom-made hemmed pants because your clothes were really big and you weren't tall enough to fill them out. Like, none of those things was our fault. I remember being so grateful when puberty was coming to an end. I did, and I still do actually struggle with back acne. Um, my dad told me that it was something that he struggled with. I didn't fucking find that out until like, shit, I probably was 16. So that was something where I sort of battled with that shit on my own too. But I mean, now as an adult, I know that there's a lot of things that I do, uh, exercising, eating healthy, moisturizing, all of those things that keeps that issue at bay. Um, I remember vividly like, Around like 15, 16, I started, you know, talking to girls, getting girlfriends. And I was 16 and like my body debut happened at the age of 16. So the first time I ever showed my body to someone, I was 16 years old. Um, And I was so fucking scared. Like I was scared as a mug, yo. And I had lied about my age. Uh, She was a couple of years older than me. I think she was like 18 or 19. And do you know how fucking awkward it is to not only lie about your age, but be terrified to get naked? Like, oh my gosh, (laughs) it was so crazy. Yeah, she was 19 and I actually told her that I was 19. And I was so fucking terrified because it was like, oh my gosh, like she's been naked in front of somebody before. I haven't. And what the fuck do I do now? Like, what do I do? And she was like, she was ready, y'all. She was ready. And I'm trying to cut off all the lights. Do you hear me? I'm just like, yo, I'm gonna take a shower real quick. Make sure all the lights is cut out. And she's looking at me like, what? Like, no. I'm trying to figure out different ways for her to not see my body in the light because I hated it so fucking much. Now, granted, to a lot of people looking at me, I was I was attractive. By that time, I had already had a boy haircut. I looked like a boy. Um, I think my bra size was like a 32B. So it wasn't that big. So with a sports bra, um, which I have literally worn since 13, I've never worn a regular bra. 
with a sports bra. I was sitting on flat, flat for real. Um, but yeah, like fucking terrified. I am, however, able to see that growing older, um, when I started to get into like night, when I actually did, you know, turn 19 and I began to be 20, I would date the females that I, you know, that I dated. I would date women based off of how I felt about myself. Like I would date the chicks that never, you know, went to the gym, that never cared about their appearance. They were very pretty, but their appearance weight wise wasn't um, healthy. And it was very apparent that, you know, they love to eat and they had weight issues. And I find that I started to repetitively date people who were what I felt inside. I felt overweight. I felt like I wasn't worthy to be with somebody. I felt like I could always eat a huge fucking table of food. Like, it was crazy because I got with people who actually were the way that I felt. And they would voice it. So not only was I not overweight. I wasn't overweight, you know, in my late teens and in my early 20s. Um, All of that sort of melted off after puberty. I went through high school. But when I began dating in my early 20s, I would date, you know, plus size chicks. And it was almost like, okay, a lot of people would question, like, why are you dating plus size chicks? Like, everybody you date is plus size chick. And I just used to be like, first of all, we have a lot in common. And I, I remember saying that to the point where when I would say it, I would literally envision me and them eating, like, out to eat. Um, I hated my body so much. I hated my body so fucking much. I hated everything about my body. Um, my thighs were, and still to this day, are a part of my body that I don't like. Now, the good thing is that I don't believe that I'm ugly. I don't believe that I'm, you know, that I'm sloppy, that I'm, that I'm any of those things. Um, and it took a long time for me to really understand that the ways that we feel are not always a fact. Like, yeah, you may wake up feeling ugly, but in reality, you are not. You are perfectly whole in the way that you were created. And while I do wake up some days feeling ultra manly, um, I still look at my my whole body and I accept myself. You know what I'm saying? Because it could be things wrong with my limbs. I could have breast cancer. I could have so many different things going on with me, you know, and that is something that is something that people struggle with all the time, you know, so there's always an attitude of gratitude in the way that I try to show up for myself. I've gotten counseling and therapy for self-image. You know, I no longer attract what I felt was a reflection of me and those issues. Being so young and so pure and not believing that I can get any check that I wanted used to blow my friends' minds. Like, they would just be like, oh my gosh, like, you're so attractive, you're so this. And you don't think that you could get the type of people that you're attracted to. 
And it took me a long time to really understand that I am just as attractive as the people that I am attracted to. And it also took a lot of hearing and a lot of clearing out to really understand that I still have ways that I see my body that is scary to me. Um, Being overweight and being unable to leave the house because of my weight has always been something that scared the shit out of me. Um, My dad's side are what a lot of people will probably describe as like Amazon people. They're really tall. Even the women like um, my grandma, his mom was tall. My aunt, my aunts are tall. Well, my one of my aunts are tall. Two of them aren't that tall. But like my cousin who's in the same age bracket as me, that's a female. She's like 6'2". And I think she might be like, you know, mid 200, something in, something in that area. And I always used to be like, oh, my gosh, I didn't get my dad's height, but I got the way that his side of the family gains weight. And I remember I used to obsess with watching like 600 pound life and shit like that on TLC. And I would be so afraid that that would end up being my life. Um That's so crazy because to this day, being overweight, like severely overweight, is still a huge fear to me. I've had like sweaty nightmares about being so big that they have to cut me out the side of my house. The one thing that I still also like don't like is having a fucking period. Like how many masculine presenting women cannot stand their period? I don't be, like, super, like, bitchy or aggravated on my period. I just be like, I don't understand why this is here. It's like, I'd rather have, like, sweaty balls or a turtleneck than to, like, have this period right now. I feel like someone out there is probably like, Eve, what the fuck is a turtleneck? A turtleneck is an uncircumcised penis. It's it's literally like the foreskin that moves back and forward on the penis when it's not circumcised. Get your boy circumcised so he won't be walking around with a turtleneck. A lot of bacteria lives in that area. So please, please do not have your son with a turtleneck in the summertime, people. At the end of the day, the name of the game really is retraining the brain. You know, I had to really understand where I begin to feel dislike, discomfort, and straight up hate for parts of my body. Um, And when I was able to examine that, what I did was I wrote those body parts down. I wrote when I started to feel those things down and I started to connect the dots You know, was it true that I really hated myself? Was it true that I was breaking out because, you know, I deserved to be breaking out? Was it true that I was an emotional eater and I didn't care about myself? Was it true that I was going to be huge um, or that I was even fucking huge as a teenager? I went through puberty. Like, I had to actually dispel the things that I created without help of anyone else dispelling those things as a teenager that I brought forward with me. So I implore you, um, if you are listening to this episode and you want to begin to address the negative self-talk, the negative self-image, to write down when you begin to feel these things, what happened, what was the occurrence. And if doing that right now is too intricate, There are a few questions that I've used in the past 
that helps me rewire my feelings toward my body. The first question is, what do I need to feel nourished, energized, and strong? Sometimes we have to start from exactly where we are. It doesn't always help to go all the way back to those moments. I completely understand that. Um, The second question is, what people make me feel bad about my body and myself and why? Sometimes we could be completely fucking triggered by people that's around us that have not the best habits or that don't speak highly of their own selves. And then we start to emulate that. So we also have to be very careful about the people that we hang around, whether it's coworkers, whether it's spouses, whether it's parents, whether it's siblings. Those are things that we have to start with because we hear those things, we ingest and digest those things. And then we begin to make those habits similar to the ones that we exhibit. When you do examine that, and if there are people around you, you then have to figure out how can I limit my time? You know, are these people important enough to where they'll continue to contribute to the negative way that I see myself? A lot of these things people don't really want to get into and talk about, but at the end of the day, trust me, it is very, very helpful to be able to examine these things. A really big one that helps me appreciate my body as a whole, even things that still gives me wide-eyed anxiety, is what has my body done to help me in the last few days? That one right there always brings me back to being able-bodied. Um And I know that a lot of people will say, oh, like body dysmorphia and body dysphoria are a real thing. And I'm not taking um, that away from anybody. All that I'm saying is that, you know, if we were suffering from something that was killing us, we would then only be always thinking of something that was in normal functioning order. Um, We probably would not be picking apart our bodies as much. Um, I know that I would not if I was in a struggle with my health in some way. A couple of questions that helps with recreating positive body image would be, what does a positive body image mean to me? Um, What does that look like? What does self-love mean to me? And what does self-love look like? How does that look like showing up from me to myself? Um. And if I don't have much time to actually give to myself today, what can I do in 10 to 15 minutes to nourish myself? I believe that when we look at things just as simple as they are and we're compassionate and patient with ourselves, we are able to form new habits. So I offer to anyone that is listening um, that feels any of the things that I've said at, at at this time on this podcast to be patient, be kind, and know that you are beautiful absolutely the way you are. And you'll be beautiful if you change or alter for the better good of yourself. Um, I love you. You know that I love you uh, unconditionally. And we are in this shit together. I appreciate you for tuning in to Upright with Eve. Much love. Peace.